Good morning, Harvest Church. Thank you. Good. You can do it. Good morning. Sounds like cruise night last night. Uh, welcome and thank you for, for being here. Uh, I have good news and I have bad news. The good news is it's beautiful today. The bad news is we're only going to do this one more week. And then we're going to be back inside. I thought, there we go. So we've got one more week of this with the new guidelines, the new restrictions, in case you haven't heard that, after next Sunday. So two weeks from today, we will be back inside that building with less restrictions than we've had previously, okay? We're not back to uh, complete normal, but it will be better than what it's been. So two weeks from today, we will be back inside. Uh, continue to pay attention to your email, the Remind app, Facebook, as far as announcements, uh, changes and restrictions as far as what we are or are not doing for Sunday services and for our Wednesday night services. Uh, thank you so much for being here this morning. I do want to remind you of a couple things before we start service. The only people, I know it's super, 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 super nice out. Next week, Pastor and I are wearing running shorts while we're up here because it's going to be even nicer. But the only people, why are you smiling, Lonnie? You want to wear shorts next week? Go for it. Okay. Lonnie's wearing shorts too. Uh, the only people that are supposed to be out of their vehicles. Okay. If you're going to the restroom or if you're an usher last week, I just want to say, Hey, some of us got a little lax kids hanging out windows, that kind of stuff, which is awesome. I know you're loving Jesus. Uh, but we still want to follow the guidelines and the restrictions that are in place. Uh, so you're not supposed to be out of your vehicle. Um, unless you're an usher or unless you're using the restroom. Okay. Thank you for helping us be obedient and follow the, follow the guidelines that are in place. Having said that, I know we're going to do worship a little bit different still. Uh, as much as you are able to, worship in spirit, worship in truth. The first thing I want to do... I want you to sing this with me. It's just a couple of lines. It's called Stir My Soul. all it is. Stir my soul. Stir my soul. Holy Spirit, stir my soul. We sing stir my soul. Holy Spirit, stir my soul. One more time, won't you stir my soul, Holy Spirit, stir my soul. Father, we invite you to come and have your way today. 
Lord, that you would continue to move in our presence, God, that you would show us more of your truth. Move on our hearts today. Stir our souls. Lord, we pray that your kingdom would come and your will would be done today. We rejoice in who you are and what you've done. everything inside of me with everything inside of me I raise raise a hallelujah I will watch the darkness flee I will watch the darkness flee raise a hallelujah in the middle of the mystery in the middle of the mystery Hallelujah. Fear you lost your hold on me. Fear you lost your hold on me. Yes, I'm gonna sing in the middle of the storm. Louder and louder. Gonna hear my praises roll from the ashes. Hope will arise. Death is defeated in the king.
a hallelujah. Praise a hallelujah. My God is alive. Sing that one more time. Raise a hallelujah. I will raise a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Raise a hallelujah. My God is alive. God is for me. He's not against me. I will hold. Because all my life, all I know, God's been good, good to my soul. Mountain high, valley low, I'm going to sing wherever I go. That you can't break through the mountain you can't move or things are possible there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save all things are possible the darkest night you can light it up, you can light it up, God of revival, let hope arise. 
death is overcome And you've already won God of revival Stir my soul There's no broken body you can't raise, no soul that you can't save, all things are possible. The darkest night, you can light it up, you can light it up, oh God of revival. Death has overcome, you've already won, God of revival, stir us up, won't you stir my soul, Holy Spirit, stir my soul, come awaken and stir. Holy Spirit, stir my 
you are a God of revival. And we believe, Lord, you're the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, Lord, we thank you that you're awakening your church in this hour to rise up and be warriors. Father, we thank you for the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth to lead us in the days ahead. Order our steps in accordance to your word and let not iniquity have dominion over us. Turn our hearts in the direction you would have us to go and cause our ears to hear a word behind us saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right hand, when you turn to the left. So Father, we thank you for expectation in the hearts of your people. You are God of mercy and the coronavirus must bow its knee to the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord. We're more than conquerors this day through Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Before we get started here, I want to... uh, read to you this morning a couple of uh, things that were spoken. One was by Brenda Kuhneman, Prophet Hank's wife in Omaha, and she said this, and it's entitled, Hardened to Difficulty. It says, Know that even what you overcame this year and the last, did we overcome some things last year? Yes has strengthened you against difficulties. And things shall not sway you as before, for you have become an unrelenting warrior of my spirit. Then she gives the scripture, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will harden you to difficulties. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will hold you up and retain you with my victorious right hand of righteousness and justice. She says, Dealing with the difficulties of life is like exercise. Once you press through it, the next time it's easier. Similarly, once you've walked through a particular trial, you tend to respond differently to new challenges. Even though God didn't cause the trial, He still uses these hardships to our advantages. 
We get tougher in the spirit. We learn to wield our spiritual weapons, use discernment, and become more accurate with the Word of God. Then the next time something comes up, you stand there with a new approach. You look at new problems with a hardened attitude and think, oh, I've been there before, I've done that, I've worn that t-shirt. That's how warriors respond to war. They get a little hardened to the pain of battle. Not because they want to be cold-hearted and mean, but the fierceness of war demands it. We need to look at our past trials and realize that if we stayed connected to God through it all, these battles have made us stronger in the spirit and hardened to difficulty. I like that. See, God is raising up right now in this new season, in this new hour, spiritual warriors. You say, I'm not a spiritual warrior. Well, you can learn to be a warrior. Amen. Amen? Now, I shared this the other night in prayer. This is what Dutch Sheets and his brother Tim Sheets, they're both apostolic. And this was a, a dream that Dutch Sheets had. And he said, during this pause, God is recalibrating our hearts toward him. God is recalibrating our hearts toward Him. Once the recalibration is complete, a reset will take place. Then there will be a fresh baptism of consecration. Then it will be time for the fathers of the ecclesia or the church to release the spirit of adoption upon sons and daughters and release them into their destiny. So us white-haired people have something to do. We have a job, we have a responsibility to make a spiritual deposit in the next generation to carry on. Now, his brother said this. These are words that the Spirit of God gave him. He said, break up, break out, break through, pass over, and possess this new era. Amen? So God is raising us up, and that I thought that fell in line with what I started last week, and we're going to continue today. We started a new series called Prepare to Proceed and Possess. Now, how many of you watch the weather? Everybody. Nobody. Everybody. Everybody. Don't. That's fine. That's fine. I'll believe you. You watch the weather every night. We watch it because we want a forecast, a weather forecast. And a forecast basically tells you, a weather forecast, what the weather's going to be like in the next few days or the next week. Listen to me, Harvest Church. I'm giving you a spiritual forecast. I believe what the prophet of God, the apostles, are speaking for the days that are coming for the church, and it's not going to be gloom and doom. Amen. God is raising up spiritual warriors for the days ahead. Amen. So that's the forecast I want to give you. And let's pray, and then let's get into what the Spirit of God, I believe, wants to communicate to you this morning. Father, I thank you that you've given me your servant, the tongue of the learned, that I might know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. 
a word in season. So thank you, Father, by your spirit, speak to me today. And I believe, Lord God, the hearts of the people of Harvest Church are softened this morning. Their hearts are good ground, ready to receive the word, believe the word, and act on the word in Jesus' name. Now, we told you, we gave you last week, these are seven requirements. And we're going to teach on these seven requirements. We're still on the first one. But I'll give you all seven. The first one is, we the church, we need to learn to recognize and embrace the new season of God. The new season of God. Number two, everything we do in the days ahead must depend upon Jesus Christ. Our eyes need to be on Jesus. We can't have our eyes on the government. We need to keep our eyes on God, the author and the finisher of our faith. What he started, he will finish. As I told you last week, there are many voices. You need to listen to one voice, and that's the voice of the Good Shepherd. Now, you can listen to ministers, men and women of God, that are listening to God. We said, number three, you will have to leave your comfort zone. This isn't uncomfortable this morning. I could get used to this. Amen. You don't need to have your cars running. You don't need the heat. It's just, it's just right. So, but you're going to have to leave your comfort zone because the church isn't going to do what it, the same, the same way it did weeks, months, years ago. Everything's going to be new. Number four, it will require courage and obedience. That's what I believe God is speaking to his people in these last days that we are to be spiritual warriors full of courage. Number five, we have to take personal responsibility to prepare for the days ahead. You can't just depend on a sunny Sunday morning sermon or a midweek service or prayer service. You, the believer, need to have your nose in the book. You need to read the Bible on your own, meditate on it, ponder the scriptures. You need to pray. You need to worship God. You need to listen for directions from heaven. Number six, there's going to be a separation in the days ahead. A separation from the world. We're in the world, but we're not to be like the world. And then number seven, there needs to be An expectation in your hearts for miracles. I started, Kathy and I started in in the 70s in the the charismatic revival. We were raised in the Methodist church. We got saved. We got filled with the Spirit of God. Spoke with other tongues. Still do. Every day. There was a move of the Spirit of God like I've never seen before. I'll never forget. I've told you this. My father, and I didn't realize it, but he was sick. He was dying of cancer, and they kind of kept it from me. But he ended up flying to my sister's in Florida, where she lived with her husband. They're Catholics. They're still Catholics to this day. And my father, the Methodist, went to mass and got filled with the spirit of God and spoke with other tongues in a catholic church yes God is moving he can move in whatever denomination he desires to 
He came home, and I'll never forget as a young kid, he'd be down in the shower praying in the Spirit. And I asked mother what was, asked my Lutheran mother. She had a little struggle with that. But my dad was filled with the Spirit not long before he passed away. What I'm saying is, God is going to move in the days ahead suddenly. And we need to be prepared for it. It will not be business as usual for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you need to begin to expect miracles. People saved and healed, healed and filled and delivered by the, by the pastor, by the priest. No, by you, the believer. All these requirements I just gave you are found in the book of Joshua... As the nation of Israel prepares to cross over the Jordan River to possess their inheritance. The book of Joshua teaches us that our spiritual inheritance, our blessings, abundant provision is dependent upon your obedience and my obedience. Isaiah 119, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. The Jordan River, now listen, the Jordan River represents a barrier that God is calling you to cross over. You might have some kind of a barrier in your life that you need to get victory over. Well, God's called you to cross over your Jordan. It represents the transition between where you are now and where he wants you and I to be. God's always out ahead of us. And we need to go where he is. The church today is in the process of transformation, experiencing a new move of God. Everyone say a new move of God. This will require, now listen, a crossing over mentality. What I started the service with telling you, we need to be spiritual warriors in the days ahead. We can't afford to be weak and wimpy. We need to be strong and do great exploits for, your, for our God. It will require a crossing over mentality for Harvest Church. So this will require you and I, in the days ahead, to make some changes. And that's what's difficult for some people, because they don't like to change. Everyone say, I like to change. We're going to have to make some adjustments in our thinking as leaders in the church, we're going to have to make some adjustments in, in our attitudes. How many of you have an attitude? We all have attitudes. But we're going to have to adjust them for God. If we're going to come up to a higher, a new level of influence and productivity, God wants His church to bear fruit. Not only bear fruit, but bear much fruit. Amen? Now, we learned that the church is in this hour, and the hour that we're living in, we need to ask God for wisdom to be able to discern the times, to know what we should do. So it's real important right now that Harvest Church, or any church for that matter, have their eyes on Jesus, looking heavenward, 
and their ears open to receive instructions from the Spirit of God. Daniel chapter 12 and verse 10, it says, The unrighteous or the unbeliever won't have a clue about what is happening. Those who live wisely will understand what is going on. So I believe we're going to live what? We're going to live wisely. We, the church, Harvest Church, we're going to be wise because we're going to know what the Father God wants us to do. We said God's doing new things. In Isaiah 43, 18, it says, For I am going to do a brand new thing. Don't you see it? It's already begun. Then we learn in Ephesians 3, 10, that the manifold wisdom of God shall be made known by the church. The wisdom of God, now listen, God's wisdom has many shades and hues and tints. How many of you go into a paint store and you need to choose a color? What do you look at? They have a whole display of what? A color chart. And how many different shades of one color can you buy? Many. And that's the way God's wisdom is. We want to put God in a box. Don't put God in a box. He can do new things, different things. Amen? So we said the Lord wants to take us to places we've never been before. Show us things we've never seen before. And cause us to say things we've never said before. Do things we've never done before. And then hear things we've never heard before. So you people, believers today, listen. You need to be ready for what's coming. Now, we need to embrace God's new season. Everyone say embrace God's new season. And I want to read to you from Joshua. This was our text, Joshua 1. This is God's commission to Joshua. And it says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is what? He's dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I am giving them, the children of Israel. Now, Moses represented the old guard. He represented old leadership. And God brought forth in Joshua and Caleb new leadership. Joshua, now listen, would not lead Israel the way Moses did. Moses' death symbolized a separation from the old way of doing things. Moses' death symbolized a separation from the old way of doing things. Now listen to this statement I'm about to make because it's important. Separation is the first act of possession. Separation is the first act of possession. Israel could not have Canaan or go into the promised land and keep Moses. Some things had to be left behind. And if you stop and think about, there were only two people of that generation, except for the young ones, the, the older generation were wiped out. Joshua and Caleb crossed the Jordan. 
Separation is the first act of possession. And you think about this. Let me talk a little bit about separation. There's a scripture, and I this was quickened to me yesterday in Acts 13, 2. It says, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So there was a commissioning of of Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul, for the work that was ahead. There was a separating Now, I'll never forget, when I was called to ministry, I I knew I was going to go to Bible school. I had a friend that had already gone ahead of me. And I never planned on really being a preacher. I just wanted to be able to help the preacher. And I'll be honest with you, if, if the Lord told me to step down, I wouldn't have any problem stepping in and helping another man of God. It all starts with the heart, people. A heart to serve. But I'll never forget, when I was getting ready to go to Bible school, I had a good, rowdy bunch of friends. Like I said, I grew up in the 70s, and I don't regret much, I had a good time. But when I told, in fact, he was my best man in my wedding, I told him I I was going to Bible school... He got so upset with me, he walked out. And I realized, you know, I even had a relative one time, you know, just make fun of me because I spoke in other tongues. And I'll never forget weeping and crying, and and I was so upset. Here I was losing some friendships. My own family didn't understand. But there had to be a separation from some of those things because if I hadn't made that separation, and I'll never forget, as you all know, I've been in the antique business for years and I was very fortunate to have a World War II vet. He was an officer in World War II. He was a gruff. He could cuss like a sailor. And he's the one that took me under wing. And when I walked in to tell him I was going to Bible school, this is what he said, get out. When you people make a decision to live for God with all of your heart and give it 100% and not 50%, there will be people that will not understand your decision. But see, I all I wanted to do was please God. I didn't care what men said. Yeah, my feelings were hurt, but it was toughening me up. There was a separation that was occurring. And if I hadn't been willing to make that separation, I wouldn't have gone to Bible school. I wouldn't have met my wife. I wouldn't be here today. If you want to possess your destiny, then you're going to have to make a separation. Separation, maybe it's a separation from sin. Maybe it's a separation from being, you know, all being interested in the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Maybe you're just interested in making money. And God's not at the top of the list. Well, you're going to have to decide, all of us, in the days ahead, the body of Christ, whom is going to have to decide, whom are you going to serve? 
As for me, I'm going to serve God. How about you? I hope you say you're going to serve God. The church today cannot afford to hold on to its old traditions, the old traditions of the past, and bear bear fruit for God in the future. If you hold on to the past, you're past possessed, you're not looking forward, you're not going to cross the Jordan River. New assignments from God, say that with me, new assignments from God will require separation. New assignments for Harvest Church will require some separation. I don't know what that's going to entail. I can't tell you what you're going to have to separate from. But if you're going to cross the Jordan River and possess what God has you to possess and to be a spiritual warrior, then you're going to have to separate yourself from some things. Matthew 9. I want to read this. Oh, there's a screaming kid. Somebody's not happy. Matthew chapter 9. You've heard this this portion of Scripture. Matthew 9 and verse 14, it says, Then the disciples of John came to him, saying, Why do we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples don't fast? And Jesus said to them, Can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them, and then they will fast. No one puts a piece of unshrunk cloth on an old garment, for the patch pulls away from the garment, and the tear is made worse. Nor do they put, now listen, nor do they put new wine into old wineskins, or else the wineskins will break or burst, the wine is spilled, and the wineskins are ruined. But they put new wine into new wineskins, and both are preserved. New wine into new wineskins. I'm getting to be an older wineskin. But I'm going to have to keep that old wineskin oiled up so it doesn't get brittle. I've got to make sure I take care of my physical body. I got to make sure I keep my mind renewed. Amen. Guys like Abe and Brad need me. That should be a big amen. Thank you. (laughs) In fact, Abe started, they said we were going to wear shorts. You know, the shorts from the 70s that were really short. That's how I used to wear them. But I want new, I got news for you. If I showed up next week in those shorts, I'd make him look pathetic. That's the truth. Now listen to this statement. I, I took this right out of my, my Bible on just what I read, the text that I read you. Old forms of Judaism could not contain the spiritual freshness of the gospel. Grace cannot be sowed onto nor poured into the system of legalism. Rather than patching up a brittle, worn-out, and obsolete system, Jesus came to offer a new life imparted by faith in Him.
new life imparted by faith in him. So church, we've got to be careful. You know, some of us, I'll be honest, even at Harvest Church, you sit in the same chair every Sunday. You sit on the same side of the church every Sunday. In fact, there's churches you can go into, you know, there's people sitting in pews, and if you try to sit in their pew, they get offended because their whole family sat there for two or three generations. That's an old wineskin, old wineskin thinking. I'm going to tell you something in the days ahead. If we're going to reach the lost and the sick, the poor, the hurting, they will make your life uncomfortable. Because they don't dress the way you do. They don't think the way you do. They don't talk the way you do. And if you get all offended because they're cursing, well, then you just need to leave the room. Because you're not going to change people overnight. The only thing that can change people is Jesus. And you got to give new people time enough to get Jesus in their heart. That's why Paul was on his knees in travail and praying and crying till Christ be formed in them. It takes time to get people on board. It takes work, Harvest Church. I'll never forget years ago we had a uh, uh, a class and for people that were bound by alcoholism and drugs. And we met every week. And we got people from all walks of life. And I, I really felt for the season it was a good season and we helped some people. Some people we didn't help. Listen, you're not going to win everybody to Christ you're not going to be able to fix everybody. You and I are not Jesus. We are not God. But we have the responsibility to make disciples. And that takes work. That makes making a spiritual deposit. That means rolling up your sleeve and saying, Pastor, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to help somebody. To lead somebody to Christ. One author in a book I'm reading said this. He says, there's much prayer for revival today, yet many of us will be shaken when it comes. Many leaders will either endeavor to squelch it because it will upset their normal way of functioning and leave them without control, or they will try to grab hold of what God is doing and redirect it in a way more agreeable to their own concepts of church order. We must let go of the reins to have the freedom which God requires to restore his many-membered body. What the Lord seeks to do in the church today is to reveal new dimensions of his glory that will both surprise us and amaze the world. How are we going to get the world's attention? Well, what if they found out... Somebody went over and prayed and laid hands on somebody with the coronavirus and they were instantly healed. I'll tell you what, the world's ears will perk up. What if they find out some people's needs are being met? What if they, what if they even find out that, that that church there, that harvest church, will love them and accept them the way they are? They don't have to clean up. 
See, some denominations, you can't enter the door unless you get your act together. That's ridiculous. The church needs to love the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We need to love people the way they are. And I've told you this before, and you've heard me say it many times. If you do not have friends that are unbelievers, then shame on you. I am not afraid of an unbeliever. I'm not afraid of an old crusty sinner. Because I used to be one. You used to be one. So don't get holier than thou and think that you're better than anybody else. If it wasn't for the grace of God, where would we be today? So bottom line is, love people. Love the world. New seasons require a fresh anointing. New seasons require a fresh anointing. I'm going to say it once more. New seasons in God require a fresh anointing. We're always making fun. Mike and I make fun of Kathy. She makes fun of me. She reaps what she sows. Today I got up, stumbled out of bed. I was sound asleep and I woke up. Went and got my coffee, put it in the microwave, heated up, dropped the whole cup of coffee onto her glass stovetop. First thing she did was, did you break my stovetop? I said, no, I didn't break your stovetop. And, and then she made some kind of smart remark and laughed at me and walked out. So, you know, I, I make fun of her. But... It requires a fresh anointing. And the thing that Kathy and I get so perturbed with her. You go to the closet and there's bread outdated for three weeks. You'd think she was raised in the depression. She won't throw anything away. And Mike and I are looking at expiration date on everything. That's just her. You just So if you come to our house and you open the refrigerator, check. Because you never know. No, it's not that bad. It's close, but it's not that bad. Now listen. New seasons require a fresh anointing. Deuteronomy 34.9. Let me read it to you. We're talking about crossing the Jordan River. We're talking about if we're going to possess some things, the new things of God, we're going to have to make a separation. And it's going to require a Fresh anointing. This is what happened to Joshua before Moses died. In Deuteronomy 34, 9, it says, Now Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom. Why was Joshua full of the spirit of wisdom? For Moses had laid his hands on him, so the children of Israel heeded him and did as the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua got a fresh anointing. Everyone say fresh anointing. See, he he not only got what Moses had, he got some wisdom, but he got imparted to the new leaders some things that he needed for the days ahead. And as a result of that fresh anointing, the people got behind their leader to cross the Jordan River. Psalm 92.10 says this, But my horn, H-O-R-N, 
you look in the margin of your Bible for horn, it means strength. But my strength you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. Now, fresh means this. It means green. It means flourishing. It means luxuriant. It's covered with leaves. It means happiness. Some of us just need a fresh anointing so we can smile again. There's so many people all up. Well, you can't see them for the mask. You don't know whether they're smiling or not. Most of them are frowning. We need to learn how to smile again. We need to learn, church, how to be happy. How can you cause a church to grow with a bunch of depressed, discouraged, defeated Christians? Amen. This is also what it means. It's a figure of prosperity. Fresh means, let me tell you something, folks. As God in the days ahead pours out His Spirit on the church, He gives us that fresh anointing. You know what accompanies that fresh anointing? Blessings from heaven. Financial blessings. Prosperity blessings. How many want that? I do. I do. I want a fresh anointing. I want a fresh anointing upon this church body. I don't want to pastor a bunch of old, brittle, dried-up wineskins. I want your wineskin oiled, ready to receive that new, fresh anointing of God. I want to pray. We're done. And usually I'll just pray off the cuff. But I sat at my desk and wrote a 15-page prayer. No, I didn't. It's a paragraph. So just relax. You can start your engine soon. I want to pray this because I want to pray specifically this message today. And so I want you to close your eyes. I want you to open your heart. I want you to believe this prayer like you were praying itself. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, this morning we thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you, Lord. If God be for us, who can be against us? We know, Father, that you're for your people. You're for the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we consecrate and dedicate this morning our lives to you. If there be any sin that we need to separate from, Holy Spirit, help us. Recalibrate our hearts toward you, Father, in this hour. Recalibrate. Help us make the adjustments in our hearts, attitudes toward you, Father, and others. Holy Spirit, give us a spirit of wisdom to discern this new season. Help us see it. Help us hear your voice, Holy Spirit, so we can move forward with you. We purpose as a church body today to separate ourselves from anything that would hinder us from fulfilling any new assignment that you have for us. 
Separate us, Father, from anything that would hinder us from fulfilling any new assignment you have for us. And finally, Father, we ask that you anoint us with fresh oil. I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, for fresh oil upon the body of believers at Harvest Church so we can, Lord, fulfill our spiritual destiny individually and corporately. I pray, Lord, for divine order for this body of believers. I pray, Father, there are people out there that belong in this church. And I pray, Lord God, that you will deal with their hearts and soften their hearts, that they would be led by your Spirit. I don't want people from necessarily taking people from other church. I have never pastored like that. I don't steal other people's sheep. But I want the ones that God has ordained. And it doesn't start with the elite. When God moves, it starts down lower. If you look at the disciples, they were not an elite group of people. They were rough fishermen. They were tax collectors. But they knew how to become spiritual warriors. So, Father, send us spiritual warriors in the days ahead that will be teachable, pliable, and will be willing and obedient in Jesus' name. I call the people of Harvest Church blessed. They were blessed coming in. And this morning, as they go, they're blessed spiritually. They're blessed physically. They're blessed financially, for you daily load your people with benefits and blessings. So look at your neighbor, your loved one inside your car today and say, you've got no choice. You're blessed in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Now, one more week, I think, of this. Let's just believe God for another beautiful day. And then when we get in there in a couple weeks, don't act lethargic. Don't act indifferent. You come with an expectation that God is going to move. He's the God of revival. You have that attitude and you keep praying, God is going to do some new things. Amen. If you have an offering today, be so kind as you leave. Just uh, hand it to one of the ushers. We'd appreciate that. Is there anything else, dear? Wednesday night, we'll go back to our prayer at 7 o'clock prayer. Last week was teaching. We have a teaching service once a month. So, well, boy, I I, I just preached myself happy. I hope you did too. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a, a good week.